Thanks for joining us this week for the Church at Sturkey Hills podcast. Be sure to visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. So we are excited about missions in the life of our church, and we do get to travel and, and partner with people uh, both locally and around the world. And our goal for Missions Emphasis Month is for you to find your place in God's mission. Because God doesn't uh, uh, choose some for missions and others not. He's chosen us all uh, to be engaged in missions. And we're going to talk about that today. And so I'm excited about Brazil. Rachel and those girls, uh, uh, Megan and Laura, did a fantastic job. Obviously, their life has changed because they were obedient to the call of missions. And your life could be changed when you become obedient to the call of missions. And so that's our goal. And so the missions team has put a lot of things together to help you understand more about missions and find your place. Uh, this past Wednesday night, we we showed a movie right here, Free Burman Rangers, and it had great attendance. It was a great movie. Uh, we're going to have a dinner uh, focusing and featuring uh, all of our ministries coming up in just a couple of weeks. It's in your life guide. I need you to go on your church center app or go by the Connection Center and register for that. We're going to feed you dinner, have a worship time, and then hear from our uh, missions directors. It's going to be amazing. And so we want you to be a part of every bit of it because it's a great, great month. This is week two of Missions Emphasis Month. Now, we're still in the, our series called DM. It's who we are. And uh, you have this book which tells uh, all of, of about who we are as a church. And we talked about that we have three primary mission objectives, and that is to know Jesus intimately, to grow as a community of Jesus followers, and to go uh, in our backyard and around the world with the gospel of Jesus. It's right here. And so grow, uh, 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 going is the third part of that, and that is Missions Emphasis Month. Now, I just got back from Kenya, Africa, and it was an amazing trip. And if you were here last week, those were real hippos uh, making snorting and making noises in the water behind me. And uh, <clears throat> a funny story, I, I was praying, and those hippos are so large, and when they grunt, it sounds like they're on your head. And so I was praying, and I mean, that thing got loud. I peaked a little bit during my prayer, I'm just going to be honest with you. I didn't look around for the hippos. I was just looking at the rest of the team, because if they were running... I had to run faster because I didn't have to outrun all of them, but I at least needed to outrun Tanya. And so that was my goal. And so I want to encourage you, every mission trip is an adventure with God, and, uh, and, and God has a place for you. And so what we did when we were in Kenya is we uh, created a life guide, a partnership guide, just like this, only a condensed version that's modified for their culture and for their churches because churches are being planted, people are getting saved, uh, orphanage, orphanages are being uh, built and staffed, uh, 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 clothing and, and school supplies are being provided, uh, gospels being presented, Boma to Boma, Boma, village to village. And so we trained pastors, over 350 pastors and leaders while we were there and uh, preached at a couple churches and God's doing great things. At the same time, this week we're featuring Brazil and One Vision and we partner with them. And I've been to Brazil uh, as well. I'll tell you a, a funny adventure over there. The, the, in Brazil, it's kind of this way in Kenya too. They think Americans are kind of like celebrities. If you're going to get on an airplane, fly to the other side of the planet, they th kind of think you're the stuff. And so I had, pre I had preached in Brazil, and I was wore out. It was real hot. I would sweated a lot. I was just exhausted. And, you know, the paparazzi was coming around, you know. They wanted to talk to me, and I was trying to get out of Dodge because I was exhausted. And I was kind of all but running, and I was looking at the ground because it was rough terrain. Low-hanging limb nailed me on the head, took me to my knees. You know, and all that did was gave them a chance to catch up. 
You know, so just this morning, Rachel asked me, she said, you want to go to Brazil with us again to do a pastor's conference? I said, if you will uh, check it for low-hanging limbs, I'll consider and pray about it. And so anyway, our goal, I wouldn't ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. Jesus was the same way. He never asked us to do anything that he didn't do himself. And we're going to talk about the calling, the commission to go into the world and share the gospel. And Jesus is not asking us to do anything he didn't do. In fact, Jesus left the glory of heaven. His, the greatest comfort zone that anybody will ever experience in the presence of God in heaven. Pure and perfect and sinless. And he left that to come to a fallen world on the greatest mission endeavor in all of history. He came to this earth only to prepare himself to die a brutal death on a cross to save us from our sinful condition. Now that is a mission trip. And his mission trip 2,000 years ago is still in play today. And today what he wants to do is engage you personally and me and us as a church on that same mission endeavor of changing the world. It's really amazing that God would choose to let us be a part of something so uh, significant. And so I want you to be a part of everything that we're doing in the life of the church during this Missions Emphasis Month. Learn all you can. Pray all you can. Ask God what he wants you to do. And then just dive in. Like Megan said, she said, I encourage you every bit to do whatever God tells you to do. And he makes provisions for all of it. And you will never be disappointed. You see, it's important that we do things God's way. Because God's plan is always the best plan. And God is already at work behind the scenes because he's a sovereign, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. And what he does then is he just invites us into his story and lets us participate in something that has eternal value. It has been said that the only thing necessary for triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And Jesus did everything. The greatest man who's ever walked on the planet, Jesus, the God-man, he did something against evil so evil wouldn't triumph and flourish. And today you have the same opportunity. But often what we do is we fail to be obedient to God's calling in our life and evil triumphs and flourishes. And then we wonder when we turn on the news or when we look around why it looks like hell is having its way. It's because good men, good women fail to do what's right. And that is when evil triumphs and flourishes. And so the Great Commission is the greatest act against evil that's ever been, uh, that's ever been accomplished on this planet. And so we want you to be a part of it. Because sometimes as a church, what we do is we kind of hunker down with our Christian friends. We come to church. We enjoy the fellowship of this wonderful place called the church. And God is building a great church here. And I'm delighted he lets me be here. But meanwhile, we forget that out there, there are many people who have never heard the name of Jesus. They've never been clearly or, or articulately uh, heard the gospel of Jesus. Simply, they are unreached. Clark uh, shared with us last week in his message, before, uh, before my time on the video, that 3 billion unreached people are in the world. That's 40% of the world population. 7.5 billion people in the world and, and 3 billion of them are unreached. 1.6 billion have never even heard the gospel. They don't, they don't even know. And then 70,000 people, the sad statistic is that 70,000 people die every day um, unreached, lost, separated from God. And, and so today's message is in this book... It's in this book, it's in my heart, and it will be the heartbeat of our church. Um, 
Because I said a long time ago, God revealed this to me, that there's, that there's only really a few things that are paramount that we do as a church well. But if we do those few things well, God will honor us and bless his church. Jesus has already guaranteed a success. He said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he's given us some instructions called his word. And, and if, we, if we do these things, if we stay really close to the word of God, he'll honor that. If we maintain an evangelistic fervor locally, I share the gospel almost every Sunday. Clark shares the gospel to his students. Jeremy and Rachel share the gospel to the college students. They share the gospel in preschool and children at their level. As long as we're focused on evangelistic outcome. In other words, people being saved. That's why we're here. And then thirdly, if we are obedient to the call of the New Testament, that we don't just hoard it up here, but we take it out of this church building into our backyards, our homes, and around the world, sharing the gospel on mission, God will just whisper on that and do great things. And I'm telling you, he does. I'm t- I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that's what he does because he said he's going to do it, and he's proven it, and he's revealed it right here in our local church assembly. So what we're going to talk about today is something that's not unfamiliar to you. It's not something that I don't mention regularly But it's something that we really need to dive into and we really need to understand in the depth of our soul. And that is the Great Commission. The Great Commission is something that we're all called to be a part of and and corporately as a church. And and the Great Commission centers on one word that is a word that that makes uh, the Christian um, religion different than all others. And it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, the gospel is the good news. That's what it means, the good news. Good news is not good news until you understand bad news. Bad news simply is this. We're sinful and we deserve death, hell, and the grave because of our sinful condition which we inherited from Adam and Eve. But that's the bad news. The good news is that Jesus came to pay our sin debt and he did it by dying on a cross, being buried three days, rose from the dead, proving he had, uh, he had a power over death, hell, and the grave. And he offers us new life. That's, in a nutshell, that's the gospel. And, and so here's what happens. Sometimes the number one reason that you and I fail a lot at uh, the Great Commission and, and, and I believe one of the greatest problems in the church today, why so many churches are struggling and so many churches are dying on the vine, is because the Great Commission has become the Great Omission. We just don't do it. We just don't share the gospel individually, okay? And the number one reason is this, fear. Fear of rejection, a fear of failure. I was in sales for several years when I was younger, and I mean, it was awesome. And, and I, I'll just go ahead and tell you, there's nothing, nothing like nailing a big sale. You know, you, you, you're, you're talking to these people, you're courting them, you're, you know, you're doing everything, oh, dog and pony show, everything you can do to try to sell them this product. And then they say, okay, I'm gonna, I, I choose your product, and it's a million dollars in sales a year added to your account. And there is nothing like that. I mean, it is amazing. But at the same time, when you get rejected, it's awful. Nobody likes to be rejected. And it's not just adults. You remember when you were a child. Uh, guys, you may remember this. I certainly do. You're in the second grade, and here's a little girl in there, you know, that you just think, man, she's pretty cool. So I, I think I love this girl. You know what I'm saying? To the best of my ability, my understanding of love, I love her. So what do you do? You put it in word. You write a little note. I love you. Do you love me? Yes or no? 
Even at that point, when you get a no, major rejection. I mean, you go into a state of depression. Guys, did you ever write a, a, a note like that? Yeah, two of us. Okay, that's cool. I don't need any support. That's what I did because I was a player. You know what I'm saying? So, so we don't like rejection, and so it's the same with the gospel. I, I want you to understand something. Your articulate presentation of the gospel is not what saves anybody Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Listen to me. For it is the, it is the, it is the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. To the Jew first and then the Greek. You know what that says? It's not you. You don't, it, you aren't the power. Your persuasion isn't the power. Your salesmanship isn't the power. Your biblical knowledge of theology and doctrine is not the power. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So you know what that means? It sets us free. If we're a child of God, it's because of the gospel. The gospel has penetrated our sinful life and set us free into a new life with Christ. And when we simply understand all that means is that we're to share Jesus with the world, rejection is not a problem because it's, they're not rejecting us. They're rejecting the power of the gospel. And it, I've never said this. And for somebody to reject the power of the gospel, it simply means they're under the power of evil to reject the power of the gospel. So what we're called to do is not evaluate the response. We're not responsible for the end result. We are simply responsible for telling the story. And so where did we get the Great Commission? Well, 2,000 years ago, this is really amazing. 2,000 years ago, Jesus said stuff. And 2,000 years later, every part of everything he ever said is still 100% accurate and true. That's what happens when you're a God-man. When you speak, you speak eternal truth. It was what he said 2,000 years ago was not new. It was true a billion years ago in eternity past. And it'll be true a billion years from now in eternity future. Because when God speaks, nothing comes out of God but truth, forever truth. And so what happened is he's, he's called his disciples together and he's told them that they're going to have a meeting. Now, this is between Jesus' crucifixion and his resurrection. And he had recorded about 11 accounts where he would reveal himself resurrected to people. Sometimes women, sometimes his disciples, sometimes, and one particular time, a group of over 500 followers. Now, that's the case here. Over 500. Now, listen what happens in Matthew 28. This sets the stage for when he tells us what we're supposed to do regarding mission. He says in verse 16 of Matthew 28, But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which God had designated to them. It's important that we hear this. The beginning of you and the beginning of me engaging in, miss, in missions is simply doing what Jesus said to do. Uh, Jesus said, hey guys, I, I, we, need, we need to get together. I want you to meet me on this particular mountain. Scripture says... They went to that particular mountain. It, your life in missions doesn't begin by signing up typically for a trip to Brazil or Honduras or uh, Philippines or Africa. It, doesn't, it begins simply by day-to-day -day doing what Jesus said. And now, so they did that. They went to the mountain. Verse 17 says, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some were doubtful. I just think this is encouraging because Everybody, in every circle, there's people who doubt. And of those people, some of them come in and out of doubt. 
As a follower of Jesus, I don't doubt most everything about Jesus anymore. I've moved beyond that. But on, in my life, in my journey with Jesus, there were days where, you know, man, I'm, I'm in. You know, and then there's other days where I just, I, man, it was like way out there. I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my mind around it, and, and I wavered, and I doubted. It's into a crowd like this, like you, like me, like us, like the disciples, where some believed, some got it. And some doubted they were, just, they, just, they were just at an odd spot in their journey. And it's in that moment that Jesus steps up to the plate and he says this remarkable thing about what we're supposed to do. Now, this is to you. Tell the person next to you. I think he's talking to you. Okay? It's, it's to you. This wasn't just to his, his 11 disciples. It wasn't just to the early church. This is the thing that transfers uh, what he did to all the world through all time. And I want you to understand something today. If you're a Christian, it's because somewhere along the line, somebody moved from being a doubter to a believer who heard the Great Commission and shared the gospel. You're a product of somebody sharing the gospel to you. If In, in the scripture, it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel. Some, somebody, some, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your grandmother, your grandfather, a preacher, an evangelist, somebody showed up with beautiful feet because they were sharing the power of the gospel unto salvation. And it entered your hearing, penetrated into your heart, and you received the gospel. Now here's the thing. That's the way it works. You're a product of it. And since you are a product of the power of the gospel unto salvation... Now you're supposed to engage and tell somebody else. It's just that simple. And, and we get hung up in it. Well, I don't know how to do that. Well, I want you to know that we've bought the lie that lifestyle evangelism is what saves people. In other words, if I just do good things, people will get saved. Or if I just stop doing bad things, people will get saved. It doesn't say in Romans that because you've done good things, people will be saved. That's not the power. The power is the gospel. It's the story of Jesus. So listen now what he says to these people who some doubted, some didn't doubt, but they're listening. Jesus says this in verse 18. He says, and Jesus came up and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and remember I am with you always to the end of the age on the back of your life guide point number one is this under the title it's it's all we need it's all we need point number one the author is all authority this is who this is coming from all authority he said Jesus came up and said all authority in heaven and on earth. In other words, everywhere you can imagine, Jesus said, I have authority over it. He says, it's been given to me. In the Greek, the word for all is pas, P-A-S. It means the entire thing without exception. Jesus says, there's nothing, there's nothing that has authority over me, and I have authority over all things. So we are getting our marching orders, we're getting our instructions from the one who has authority over everything that exists. 
Uh, Jesus was saying, was, was saying he has authority over everything. So here's the thing. I want you to know this. When a skeptic denies the authority of Jesus, do you know how it impacts the authority of Jesus? <laughs> Zero. When you doubt the authority of Jesus over everything in existence, do you know how that affects the authority of Jesus? Zero. The authority of Jesus is, is there because, as we talked about a few weeks ago, because Jesus is one of the persons of God. And God has all authority over all things. So I just want you to get that. When we get our marching orders, we're not getting it from just, you know, there's somebody on this, some human being. We're getting our marching, marching orders from God, the authority of all things. In our life, we all get instructions, mandates, directives, and directions from the different people. If you're, if you're a, a, an athlete, you get directions and directives from a coach. If you're a student, you get directives and directions from a a teacher. When you drive down the highway, you get directions and instructions, and you realize there's authority in your life called state troopers. And, this, and, and, and you know how this works. You're driving down the interstate, speed limit's 70. I don't care if you're doing 65 or 95. When you see the state trooper, the right foot moves off the gas and taps the brake. Because there's a authority there. There's a level of authority that moves us into action. That's really incredible to think about that because those things are just human authority and yet we respond physically and meanwhile Jesus says I am all authority and I'm telling you what to do therefore we sh it should move us to action you know there's people in the world who are foolish because they deny God and that's not me saying that that scripture says that scripture says for a man to, to deny God he is a fool okay and so sometimes, you know, we, we have different levels of respect for authority, and that includes God. But there's a day coming when every single person, saved, lost, everybody in the spectrum, will worship the authority of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 verse 10 says, So that the name, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That means hell is going to bow, heaven is going to bow, man is going to bow. There's a day coming when every knee will bow at just the name. It's like Jesus, bam. I mean, that's kind of cool. I mean, it's not forced, you know, it's not, it's not duress. It's like uh, Jesus, bam, and we respond. And that day is coming. Listen to what it says in verse 11. It says, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is not a debatable concept. Either uh, you either believe him and you are saved or you don't believe him and you remain lost in unforgiveness because either he is the perfect son of God or he is a liar and he cannot be both. And so we just begin to understand when we hear Jesus speak, this is all authority over everything and we need to open up our ears, our hearts and listen and we need to respond in obedience. Now, in our life, there's many things that have authority over us. I made a list of them that we, that we respond to every day. Government. April 15th, we will respond to government authority. How? We'll pay our taxes. Okay? Military forces. Every day, people respond to military forces. 
hurricanes and tornadoes, people respond, some of them too slowly. Here recently, big hurricane came sweeping through Florida, and some of them said, I didn't get the information soon enough. Sure they did, but you, you know, when, when somebody, you know, cries the sky's falling, you know, you stop listening, and so they didn't respond. The hurricane was damaging. We listen to, to this power, our world system, pandemics and diseases. This unseen disease made us walk around with mass muzzles on our face, you know, uh, not meeting together, acting, you know, couldn't travel, you know, because of this. Un- it has power. It has authority that changes the way we act. Uh, the galaxy and the universe the natural laws of gravity. If you want to know how you respond to to authority, uh, jump off your house. I'm not encouraging that, but you cannot fly. You know, you you can have a power of positive speaking. I think I can, I think I can. Flap your arms like a hummingbird and you're going to hit the ground, okay? Because it has a level of authority in our life. The evil of the world affects our life. It has authority. The whole universe has authority over life. We, we, we go to sleep at night because the sun goes down because it's doing its thing and we respond to it. We respond to those great things and the power and authority it has in our lives and we respond to the small things that have power and authority over our life. The, the molecules, the atoms, our genetic structure, all of those things have a level of authority in our life and we know it's true. We walk in it. We experience it now. 2,000 years ago, Jesus steps up in the arena and says, hey, I have all authority in heaven and earth. All of those things that have authority on your life, I am the authority over all those things. Now, here's the thing. Why in the world do we respond to the lower level authorities of our life, meanwhile, ignore and push back against the one who has all authority over all things? That's pretty amazing, isn't it? And you know we do that. We're more inclined to do what the state trooper says than we are what Jesus says. It's just the way we are. And so, so Jesus now it wants to help us and encourage us out of that um, natural default mode. Because he tells us his authority is immeasurable and limitless. There's no space in heaven. There's no space on earth where his authority is ever exposed or at risk Authority over your next breath, over the next beat of your heart. His authority is over all nations and governments and military powers. His authority is infinite because Jesus is one with God, and that's where the power comes from. Now, Jesus has all authority. So when we answer his command to go and make disciples, then we don't go in our own power. This is where the cool stuff comes in. Uh, Laura and, and and Megan, you know, made the point, you know, when God calls you and you just go, he takes care of everything. And he does. He just takes care of things because we're under the commission of all authority. That's what's beautiful about this thing. And, and so we go and tell all authority, listen to this, all authority has authored the mission. All authority has empowered the mission. All authority has commanded the mission and all authority will complete the mission and all authority is all we need now number two i want you to see in the great commission that the audience is all nations 
Now the same word, all, is found here in this verse, the Greek word pas. And he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now this is going to be encouraging to you, okay? Um, The word all just simply means all, all people, groups of the world. And, and I want to say there's over 20,000 people groups in the world. There's a lot of people groups. Some of them reached, some of them not reached. This is the beauty. We don't have to wonder who we're supposed to share the gospel with. All people need to hear the gospel. You see, sometimes we say, well, if I was younger, if my physical body was more, uh, uh, was, was, was more compatible with, with travel... If I had more resources financially to help me afford a trip, then I would go be involved in missions. No. Missions includes all people. All people include your family in your house. All people include the people in the house next to you. All people include the people you work with. All people include the people you go to school with. All people include all people. Everywhere you go, you go to the, you go to the uh, uh, hardware store, you go to the grocery store, you go to the mall. All of those people are included in all people. Now, what he says is, he says, I want you to lead all people groups to Jesus, baptize them, uh, because God is interested in the whole world. So God only sees one race. You get that. That's the human race. And sometimes we think, you know, well, we get to heaven, everybody's going to kind of look like us. <laughs> I hope they don't look like me. It's going to be a miserable heaven. Just gonna be, it's just going to be weak, okay? Heaven is going to be a mosaic, a tapestry. Heaven is going to include people from Asia and Europe and Africa and America. Wherever the gospel has been shared and people received it for salvation, they're going to be in heaven. And they're going to look like the variation and the detailed creativeness of God. And so we've got to understand the gospel is for all people. It is limitless in its boundaries And so we need to understand God has a home and a place for every single person in his kingdom. They simply need to hear the gospel, and that's our job to share it. All nations is the audience. Number three, the answer to every question is all scripture. Jesus goes on and he says, okay, I'm I'm, I'm telling you to go. I'm telling you I'm in the authority to send you. I'm telling you to include uh, all people. And now I'm going to tell you what I want you to tell them. I'm going to give you instructions, and uh, I'm going to give you uh, the things to teach them, what you want to help them understand. He says in verse 20, teaching them to obey everything that I commanded you, everything. There's that word all, pos again. All of this. I I want you to teach them this book. I want you to tell them about the glorious gospel found in Jesus, but I want you to disciple them. I want you, once they're saved, I want you to help them understand Bible is the basic instructions before leaving earth. This is the instruction book for life. This is what is going to take you from here to there successfully with God. Okay? Now, what we do sometimes is is that we read this book and we find stuff and we're like, oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, Oh, yeah, I like that. That's good for me. It's the blessings of God the promise of God I like the promises I like the blessings 
I like the good stuff. Oh, I like to know that I got heaven waiting for me. I like to know that I can do whatever I want to do under grace and be forgiven. I like knowing the good stuff. I like knowing this, that, and the other. But there's parts of it that push back against who we are. It's just not palatable to our human flesh. And so we're like, well, I don't like that, so I'm going to leave it out. Now, traveling, whether in Philippines or Brazil or Honduras or Africa or anywhere in the world, they don't eat like we do, okay? We eat good. They eat good, we eat great, okay? But to them, they eat great, we eat good because they're used to that. So in Africa, what happens, you go and you, you, you do ministry, maybe you preach, maybe you do Bible school, whatever it is, and the church wants to honor you. So they say, hey, we want to meet afterwards and, and we want to share with you uh, a, a meal. So in Africa, this is what it looks like. They say, we're going to have chai. Chai is hot milk with sugar in it and tea. But in a lot of cases, it's, there ain't no tea. It's just hot milk and sugar. It's kind of nasty. Now, Noah loved it. He'd drink it till Jesus came. He, it's on his, he wants to open up a chai station out here at the coffee shop. Okay? And, and if it's got the right amount of tea, it's actually pretty good. But they give you chai. And, and then they make rice. Rice is kind of, you know, generic. You can't really mess up rice. Okay? And then they have uh, cabbage. Fresh cabbage. And it's legit. I mean, it's good cabbage. All right? And then they have something that I'll call Pilates because I can't, I can't even remember how to say it. I think it's called a, that other thing. And I call it Pilates, which is a woman's exercise, but that's what I call it. And, and then they have something which is the delicacy, the finest of fine, the sacrifice for the team, goat. I'm not talking about the greatest of all time. I'm talking about bah, goat. Okay? And so I go through the line. I get me a hot cup of chai. I scoop me out some rice. Oh, I'm, I'm about some cabbage. And then I get down there to the Pilates. Man, I like me some Pilates. Samosa is one of the names that just came to me. Okay, I'll eat that. And then it's a bucket of goat. No. No, I don't eat the goat. But you don't want to offend them. So you're like, yeah, you know. It's like you got a disease or something. You'll go, I'm allergic to it. Okay. Now here's the thing. That's how we do. But you know what we do? We do the same thing with the Word of God. This is not a buffet line in Kenya, Africa. This is not a buffet line anywhere. This is all-encompassing truth for our life. We don't take what is palatable that we like and leave what we don't like. Jesus said, I want you to teach them everything that I have commanded. Not, I want you to share with them and let them pick some stuff that they can enjoy in their life, Okay. No, he says everything. That's, that as disciples, we're supposed to be engaged with everything that Jesus has taught us in his word. And so it's important that we understand that. Uh, part of what God wants us to do in the mission field. We, we sometimes do a good job of evangelism. We share the gospel. We share the bad news. We share the good news. The bad news is we're, we all have a curse. We're dying of, sin, of a sin disease. The good news is God offered a plan to eradicate that disease, and it's the power of the gospel. And sometimes we do good with that, but sometimes we forget that there's more. Now we have to teach them. 
So part of the mission's journey is teaching people what Jesus has said to do and helping them understand that it's all of Scripture is the answer to the question, not part of the Scripture. You see, sometimes people get saved and they never learn what obedience is. They never learn the rest of the story connected to the gospel, and that is how to live a Christian life. And so they get disenchanted with Jesus. They walk away from the church, and they're like, yeah, I tried it, and it didn't work. No, you didn't. Listen to me. When somebody, somebody doesn't try the gospel, you know, it's not like a pair of shoes. You either receive the gospel or you reject the gospel. And when we receive the gospel, the Holy Spirit is placed in us. And then we start hearing the truth of God's word. And our desire is to follow it, to obey all things that Jesus has commanded. Number four, the age is all time. You see, the Great Commission is all-encompassing. It is something that reaches outside the parameters of everything in every direction. And it is all time. Jesus says, I am with you to the end of the age, all time. You see, what was true for Abraham, looking forward to Jesus' coming, and what is true for us 2,000 years ago, looking back at Jesus who has come, and what was true right in the middle 2,000 years ago, Jesus being here, it was the same truth that reaches in all directions to all people through all time. And, and, so, and so we're to know that, that we are called to be missionaries, ambassadors of Jesus until Jesus returns. And he could return tomorrow. There's nothing left undone holding Jesus back from returning for his church. And so we should live every day sharing the gospel with people, praying that God would help them become believers and be born again because that's our calling. Jesus offered himself to the world for salvation, and that should be enough to set you in motion with that gospel for others. So we begin to see that the greatness of the Great Commission that it's all we need because we have all authority. That's where it comes from. We have all nations. That's where it reaches to. All people, wherever we're at. It includes, it is all scripture. That's what our message is. And it's for all time. We're called and commanded to take the name of Jesus to the world. And that's a God-sized agenda. Because there's seven and a half billion people running around on this planet. And a God-sized project requires a God-sized authority. And he has that. And he wants to pass that on to you. Sometimes we get overwhelmed by the magnitude of, of the project of God's kingdom agenda. And I'm reminded of a story that I've shared and you've heard, but I'll share it again. A little boy was standing on the seashore and, and the ocean had washed up literally millions of starfish. And the little boy was picking the starfish up like frantically and putting them back in the ocean. And an old man walked up and he said, son, what are you doing? And he said, I'm trying to save these starfish. The old man looked around at all the millions of starfish. He said, there's no way you can save all of those starfish. And a little boy picked one up and he threw it in the water and he looked at the old man. And he said, I saved that one. I want you to know today, you're not responsible for saving seven and a half billion people. You couldn't save you. The power to save is not you. 
The size of the mission is not about you. The mission comes from the fact that the the power of God is the gospel. And if you're saved, that gospel power lives in you. And God is simply, Jesus is simply saying, listen, it's in you. Let it out. And it begins at home. I love families who are discipling their little boys and girls. I love being a grandfather who gets to disciple little boys and girls. I love our workers who serve in the back, teaching our little boys and girls about Jesus. But it doesn't stop there. We need to be people who who are engaged with God on his kingdom agenda. We have the power of the gospel. We have the confidence knowing that Jesus is guaranteed success when he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We're guaranteed success. We know our, we have a life first for our church that just we're just to become all things to all people so that by all means some people might be saved. That's it. That's, it's that simple. And yet often we walk by day by day and we never align ourselves with the mission of God. It's a huge mission. Billions and billions of people. And in those billions and billions, there are billions who are born again. And at the same time, there are billions who are separated from God in their lost condition. And so the question is not... Will I be a missionary? The question should be, how and where is my mission? And you have a mission. I love, stinking love pastoring the church at Sturkey Hills. It's off the chain. And I love traveling around the world. But I can't reach all people. God knows that. God knew his disciples couldn't reach all people. You have a circle of influence. There are people who, who watch your life. There are people who listen and pay attention to what you say. Not all of them, but some of them. And God says, that's where your mission field begins. The people who you have a natural audience with. And then it reaches out from there. But you begin where you are with the people that God has put in your life. What began 2,000 years ago with about a dozen goofy fishermen, tax collectors, just average old Joes. They weren't educated. They weren't people of notoriety or necessary, necessary wealth. They were just average guys that God invested his kingdom message in. And they made themselves available. You see, it's not about ability. It's about availability. We simply get, like I said last week, like Isaiah, where we have this real realization that, man, I'm called for something greater than just living every day. I hold within me the power of the gospel that changes eternal destinies. I need to engage with that. And let God do what only God can do. And he wants to use you in the process. And we just do like Isaiah and say, hey, here I am. Send me. I'm your guy. I'm your girl. I'm your man. I'm your woman. 
just send me and I'll go. And God might do something amazing in your circle. But it begins when you are obedient. The problem is we have to step outside of our comfort zone. How do we do that? How do we go from telling nobody to telling everybody we see? Have you ever met people like that? Man, they just won't shut up about Jesus. It's annoying because we're guilty. We feel guilty when that happens, you know? How do we, how does that happen? When Jesus becomes the natural rhythm of our life, we share the gospel. What does that even mean? It means when the rhythm of your life looks like I get up in the morning and I pray, I have this relationship with God and I communicate with him in prayer, and I read his word, I'm including his word in my life, I'm talking about Jesus, I'm no longer ashamed of just the name of Jesus, let alone the gospel, where I just, Jesus, we just turn everything to Jesus, you know? And when we begin to, to invite people to church all the time till we're just annoying, you know? Hey, you want to go to church with me Sunday? You asked me that last week. I know you didn't go. And you don't go nowhere else. I'm going to keep asking you until you come. I'm going to buy your lunch. We just, in the rhythm of our life, it just focuses on Jesus. When we support the church financially and, and when we are, are, are actively using our gifts and we're being engaged in mission, listen, God will do great things in your life. I know because I know me and God has done great things in my life and it's not because of me yesterday or day before yesterday I guess it was I listened to a testimony of my astronaut friend which I, I bring that up every chance I get because none of y'all have an astronaut friend and and my astronaut friend uh, has flown he flown he flew in desert storm and one of his desires of his heart in his testimony, he says, was to land airplanes on aircraft carriers, and he did that. And one of his the desires of his heart was to fly in these groups of, like, blue angels, and he did that. And one of the desires of his heart was to be an astronaut, and he flew the space shuttle, and he floated around in zero gravity, and all walked on the moon and all that stuff. And one of the desires of his heart was to marry a, a Christian lady, and he did. One of the desires of his heart was to have children. He has two daughters. And he said, I don't have any more desires of my heart like that. He's a little younger than me. He said, those desires are fulfilled. And he said, they're only fulfilled because God put me here with a purpose and he planted those desires in my heart. And I pursued the desires of my heart. God granted the desires of my heart. And he said, and now the desire of my heart is purely to give glory to Jesus. He said, because he has given me everything. He saved me. He's building my heaven. And my goal, he said, in everything I say, in everything I do, in every place I go, and in everything I think, my goal is to give him glory because he's a good God. And I'm listening to that and chills just came over <laughs> Man, I just, I like him more than I ever liked him. That should, that's, that's what the rhythm, when, when Jesus becomes the rhythm of, of our life, that's what comes out of our mouth. It just points to Jesus. That's the great commission. When the power of the goodness of God's gospel swells up in you real big and you understand how much he loves you and what he did to save you, it just kind of starts oozing out. 
And that's, your, that's God's goal for all of us, not just me, but for all of us. I want you to bow your heads. Father, I thank you for the day. I thank you for the opportunity to engage in missions. I thank you for the opportunity to share your commission. I thank you, God, that you have a place for all of us. All of us. Every single person. We still have the beat of our heart, God, and I know you want to use those heartbeats to proclaim your glorious gospel. Help us simply step into that and let you do what only you can do. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I want to tell you something. We're doing something interesting today. I'm sorry, guys, if you'll turn the lights back up for me. I, I didn't give you a heads up on that. Thank you. Uh, we have a young lady uh, who is taking it to the next level. She gets it. She's willing to say, here I am, send me, whatever that looks like. Now, her name is Megan Pendleton. And Megan, if you'll come up here. And Clark, if you'll come up. And the missions team, if you'll come up. And some deacons, if you'll come up. If you're a prayer warrior, I want to invite you. And as you come up, uh, Megan graduated from UT. And now she's at Virginia Tech. And she's doing campus ministry at Virginia Tech. And in her campus ministry, just this semester, they've, they've had over 50 people who have made professions of faith. Uh, she's, taking, she's taking Bible classes. She's teaching Bible classes. She's sharing the love of Jesus on a college campus. And, and this is all in preparation for her heart's, her heart's desire. God placed in her a desire to have a heart. You ready? For India. Okay? Now, all, out of all those billions of people that I said are out there that are lost, they had a whole bunch of them hanging out in India. Okay? And God has pressed upon her heart. And I told her this. God may change the direction along the way, or he may have her in India in a year or two or three from now. But we're going to commission her today. We're going to pray over her and ask God to use her, give her direction, and use her in a mighty way. Would you join me as we pray for Megan? Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now, and we thank you so much that we can partner with Megan, and we can surround her in love and prayer and lift her up to you. And God, we thank you for the mission call upon her life. We thank you for the training that has been afforded and provided at Virginia Tech to be a part of a mission there, a local campus ministry. And God, we pray that you'll just continue to use her in a powerful way. We pray that you will uh, uh, pr protect her from evil that's around her that would love nothing more than to stand in the way of what you have for her life. God, I pray for her parents. Uh, who listen to her have a heartbeat for India and what a difficult thing that is to let her go. I pray that they will trust you. I pray, God, that every day Megan will make Jesus the rhythm of her life in everything she says, every place she goes, everything she does and all that she thinks, that it will be glorifying to you, God. And you'll do what only you can do, and that is to make a way and to take care of all of the loose ends. God, we thank you that we get to be here today to pray over her and to uh, uh, officially uh, uh, commission her into the ministry that you have planned for her. And we give you praise for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, God's people said, amen and amen. We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast 
and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.